keep in mind that someone is always watching you. My first job opportunity came from my middle school teacher who remembered me. That teacher had been there since I was a student there. And she said, I haven't heard from him in like 10 years since he was in eighth grade. But if he's anything like he was in eighth grade, hire him. But you never know who they're gonna come back in contact with. And when I was 13, I wouldn't even think about education. I told you, I wanted to put yeah. the frost on the frosted flakes, man. <laughs> right, I'm gonna be right. an engineer, big ball. You had your mindset. Right. Yeah. Rise <laughs> and ride, everybody. You're listening to the Zay's Way Podcast, the podcast where we help you to be the best you that you can be. I'm your old Zay, and this week we're joined again with DeAndre Carter for the second and final part of this interview. Already, the support I've gotten on the previous episode has been absolutely crazy. So if you haven't listened to the first part of this interview, feel free to listen to the previous episode, episode 7. Also, please check out all the links and socials listed in the description of this episode. Alright, let's dive into it. I feel like there's a lot of growing negative connotation behind the word education. Would you agree with that? Yes. Um, and unfortunately... Like everything else in our society here in America, it has become politicized, mm-hmm. um, which means there's automatic division because I vote a certain way. I cannot agree with the other side who votes a different way. Right. And so there is a lot of negative connotation. Um, and then also people don't understand the line of work. They see that, oh, they get summers off and they have every weekend off and they get two weeks for Christmas. If you understood the emotional drain that my teachers have, mm-hmm. you would really understand why they need those breaks. Definitely. And if you understood the emotional drain that the students have, you would really understand why they need those breaks. And I don't have any breaks like that. I work year-round. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the Christmas break and the Thanksgiving break, but I'm here during the summer planning and prepping for next year. I run a whole program. I run a whole school. Right. And right. so I have to do those things. So I don't get those breaks um, nor do I need them. I love. I, I mean, when I was when I was a teacher, I worked during the summer. I did summer school, so mm-hmm. I was. I always worked year round. Right. That didn't bother me none. But um, it's a lot. It's a negative connotation because it's politicized, and people don't understand how in depth the line of work is. And for example, uh, you heard about what happened in Mansfield. Yes. Yeah. At I Timberview did. High School. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know four. I know four teachers uh, that worked there that I worked with there previously, and so. Mm-hmm going through that situation and all four of them told me the same thing. They said, Dre, man, I was just worried about the kids. Right. I didn't care about me. I didn't live, you know, 20, 30 years. I'm mm-hmm. good. But my babies. And again, every educator is not like that. We do have teachers and educators who are here because you get summers off and they feel like it's an easy job and it's hard to get fired right. and the retirement's good. But that's like that across the board in all fields. Yeah, yeah. We're no different. But the I'm, what I'm telling you is our cream of the crop is better than anybody else's cream of the crop. Right. Because there's not too many fields where when something that's life-threatening happens, you're thinking about 25 other people and not yourself. Mm. But you got a family at home. They got children at home. They have parents. Yeah. They have people that's going to miss them. But it's not about me. It's about these 25 others. And edu- and it takes a lot to to be a great educator. It takes a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. and so it is a negative connotation. And I and I try to change it by telling my story and telling the stories of others because it should never be. In most countries, when you when you tell them you're an educator, 
Oh, man, you get free dinner. You get, you know, exclusive tickets for free. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of countries have free health care for their educators. A lot of countries have their educators don't pay taxes. They don't pay because you teach. There is nothing without a, without a teacher. Mm-hmm. Teaching is the one profession that teaches all the other professions. Right. Education is the one thing that does that. It what keeps our society going. You have no entrepreneurs without a teacher. You have no doctors without a teacher. You don't have a president of the United States without a teacher. Who teaches the president how to debate? Mm-hmm. Who? T- how does a kid get to law school? Through a teacher, right? And so your engineers, your construction guys, all these people are impacted by a single teacher. You ask somebody who their favorite teacher was growing up, they always got at least one name. You're right. You're right. They always have at least one name. I could start naming off Mr. Smith, fourth grade. <laughs> made me fall in love with math. Yep. Dude had a calculator in his pocket with a red pen and a black pen. <laughs> and you knew if you took out the red pen, you failed. If you put out the black pen, you passed You're the good, test. Yeah. You good. You knew. <laughs> That's Mr. Smith. Had deep raspy voice. Earl Carter. Come here. <laughs> right. But he made, I fell in love with math. Right, and then from right. there, Miss Eccles, uh-huh. uh, middle, in middle school, I didn't even have Miss Eccles' class. But she said, man, this guy's making A's on all the math tests. She put me in math competitions. And I was able to win awards and get scholarships for school because of Miss Eccles. And then I'm a math person, but my favorite teacher in middle school was Miss Harris. She taught reading. I still keep in contact with Miss Harris today. And so everybody can go through that, right? And that's just, I didn't even get to my high school, but everybody can go through that. And so that's why, that's what we need to start rethinking. Oh, oh man, education is important. Mm-hmm. It's important. Like, like for real and so i hate the negative connotation and I, and I wish that it would change but for some reason we don't view it how other people view it right so how do you see education through your eyes and what does it mean to you education is simply the vehicle needed to go wherever you want in life and some people want to go to the west coast some people want to go to another country. Some people want to go to the East. Like, there's so many paths in life. Right. But there's only one way to get down these paths, and that is through the vehicle known as education. That's it. Right? You got, like, you, at minimum, you got to learn to read, write, and do basic arithmetic, right? We're not talking about college here, and you must go to college. I'm not forcing anybody to go to college. Right. I only force the kids in my own program to continue their bachelor's degree. I let them know it's an option, mm-hmm. but you saw, you can make some money straight at, at 18, right. leaving here too. Right. We're talking about $80,000 coding mm-hmm. and coming up with drafts. And so, but no matter where you go, basic education, it's the vehicle to wherever you want to go. It's it's the path. It's on every single path. And so that's how I view, that's my philosophy of education. It is, it is the end. It is the beginning. It's the end all. Be y'all. It's the nece- It's the one necessary tool to have success. Mm. So, as a grown man, is there somebody that you look up to? Oh, absolutely. Really? All right. Let's hear the list. All right. Let's hear <laughs> you want to hear the list? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you knew there was going to be a list. Huh? Right. Right. Um, it really isn't uh, that much of a list, believe it or not. But um, I look up to two people, and one of them actually mentioned both of them. I've already mentioned in the past. Uh, in this podcast mm-hmm. uh, the first one by far is my mom um, yeah. I seen the sacrifices she made um, and I didn't go deep into my story 
um, because I don't want to, you know, it, my story is my mom's story, and I don't want to share my mom's story without, uh, you know, because I just choose not to. Right. Um, but I seen the sacrifices she made and the things that she did and how hard she worked. And I work up every day trying to just, I want her to just say I'm proud of you. And she said it a thousand times, and it, it won't make a difference. I want, Every right. day, I got to hear it every day, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I strive for success just for her. And then the other uh, person, uh, or persons, shall I say, the other group is my teachers. Really? Um, and I'm not saying that, oh, he's, you know, people listen to the podcast, oh, he's an educator. Of course, he's going to say that. No, no, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. The educators that impacted me, um, and the list goes on. I've talked about some of them, but, you know, I left off at Miss Harris, who taught reading. One of my favorite teachers, I hated reading as a kid. I didn't read my first book until I was grown. I, I was just, I do, Cliff Notes was my best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're an educator. Yeah, but I had to learn. I had right. to learn to fall in love with read. But you mentioned earlier, you, you read all these books. I have. I had to learn to fall in love with it. Right. And it, and it took me a while until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Craft, my my middle school principal, when he when he looked at you, you knew you did something you weren't supposed to do, and you're like, man, yeah, and you just start confessing. He didn't even know what was going on. You just, I'm sorry, <laughs> right? Um, Coach Samples, my football coach in high school, and Coach Ingram, my offensive line coach in high school. Um, not what they taught me on the field, but what the conversation we had off the field. Coach Samples said, Carter, I don't know what you're gonna do in life, but you're gonna be successful because. You listen and you do what you're told. And if you have those two qualities, you're able to listen and do what you're told, you can have success in life. And I never forgot that. But and he had, you know, he was the head coach of the whole program, so he didn't have too many, he didn't say too many words to individuals, mm-hmm. but I remember him telling me that. And then it goes on to my professors in college, uh, Dr. Tammy Johnson and Dr. Uh, Tandy Preston Cunningham. Dr. Johnson was my first professor in my master's program, and she said, you know, I don't know something about you, but you're special, and that meant something to me. Uh, and I still talk to her today. I actually got my first administrator job at her school. And then um, Dr., uh, Dr. Terry Preston Cunningham, who was my mentor throughout college, who, you know, literally poured into my life and gave me so many opportunities to be at speaking engagements and show me, you know, different kind of things about our black history and, and, and why things are the way that y'all and gave me a, a depth of knowledge that I'm now able to share with my students. And so those two groups, those, that person, my mom and my, and the educators that have impacted me, those are my role models, man. That's who I look up to. Mm-hmm. So you've talked about your favorite educators. How about your least favorite? Because <laughs> you know those stuck out, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, we're gonna leave their names off, right? Of course. But we're gonna tell. I tell a couple of stories. Uh-huh. Um, when I was teaching, we were in. A, uh, I was a teacher, and one of my fellow teachers at the first school I worked at said, and I quote, "I mean, they ain't gonna learn nothing anyway, and I'm just here for a check and the summer's off." Burned me up inside. Mm. Uh, ticked me off. That same what's funny is that same person asked for a job here in Greenville and asked me as a reference. And I said, sure, I'll be a reference for you. I marked that reference up pretty bad. Make sure she wasn't ever going to be hired here. What? Yeah. See, and I never forgot. Yeah. I never forgot the conversation. That was six years from mm. from when from when we uh when she first said that to when she asked me for a reference. So, um, wow. Make sure that uh she's I, we don't need people like that in education. Definitely. Um. 
and then another um, is a coach. And coaches get bad reps in education because, right. you know, they coach, and so they're lazy until it comes to the football field or the court, um, blah, blah, blah. But I did actually – I know where that comes from. It comes from this one coach that I had to where, I mean, he literally wouldn't give the kids any assignments and just pass everybody. Um, and we have these stories in education and it, it irks my nerves. So, and it's, and it's several people, you know, so how do I combat that? I try to make sure that I do all that I can do, whether it is not giving that person a reference or, um, I don't have any like body like that on my staff now. Cause I do a pretty good job of hiring and set expectations. But right, right. if I was to make sure that those people are not coming back and constantly messing up kids, because here's the deal. One bad year, one bad teacher takes three good teachers to make that up. Mm. That's a, that's a statistic. Yeah, that's the stat. One bad year of of teaching, it takes three good years of teaching for that kid to catch up. Mm. And so we gotta be careful with these bad educators, and we gotta do everything we can do to make sure that the passion that real educators have and that true educators have comes out and we we make sure that people are here just for a job stay out of education definitely 10 years ago did you see yourself in the same or even a similar position that you're in now i no really (laughs) so that's a big no yeah like that's a big no so 10 years ago um i was just trying to graduate college and, and figure out something 10 years ago i thought i was gonna be working in retail for the rest of my life and be a manager. That's what I thought right. um, 10 years ago. And even even when I got on the education path and I started setting goals for myself, um, I told myself, you know, if I, I, I should be a principal by 35. Mm-hmm. I, became a princ- a, I became an assistant principal at 27, and I became the chancellor here at 29. Ooh. Talking about I blew past my own person. I mean, I, and 35 is young. Right. right. Um, I mean, I know some people who work till they're 40 and 50, and so – no, I did not see myself here in Greenville. I never even heard of Greenville until I applied. Um, definitely didn't see myself in Greenville and definitely didn't see myself um, where I am today, 10 years ago. Not even, you know, I got into education eight years ago, so not even eight years ago. Man. Do you have advice to people who want to pursue an education but don't know where to start? Absolutely. Um, there's several resources um, it all depends on what state you're in. State is uh, education is state based, mm-hmm. um, and so it all depends on what state you're in. So make sure you understand the guidelines for your state because each state is different. Um, also, make sure if you want to be involved and you haven't got your degree yet, make sure you go to an education school. There are certain schools in certain states. Uh, Texas and Commerce is one of right, them that right. specializes in education mm-hmm. and really have really good education programs. And then also uh, make sure you get you a mentor. Find someone like me if you're in the Dallas uh, Fort Worth area. Um, you can look up greenvillezy.com and find my email information and, and send me an email and we can connect. But find somebody to mentor you because um, it's so many different ways to get into education. You don't have to have an education degree. Degree. I didn't have an education degree and I'm here as a chancellor. So there's so many ways to get into education. We need educators. And so my best advice is to look up the information and find and connect with someone that you're comfortable with that can help you guide you through all that information. Did you have any mentors outside of the people you already named in this episode? Uh, no, I pretty much named no. all of them. I got all my <laughs> shout outs in. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. No, okay. but I, yeah, I didn't have any. Um, yeah, I mentioned pretty much. I mean, outside of 
I had a couple of fraternity brothers. I'm a member of Omega Psi Phi fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple of fraternity brothers that I did not mention, uh, including Dixon, who was actually a principal in uh, College Station, uh, where I pledged at and where I went to school. That he was over the middle school down there. Um, so I, uh, a couple of outside of that, I pretty much mentioned all my uh, mentors and people that got me through. Right, right. So you're still in contact with a lot of these people. Oh, I'm in contact with all of these people. Yeah, I just, um, like Dr. Tammy Preston Cunningham, she just, when I was at, what, three, four years ago, she came and spoke to the last school I was at. I was over a male mentoring program. She came and spoke about when we were kings to those groups. And I'm actually going to try to have her come this February up here for Black History Month and speak to our students and try to pack out the auditorium. And things of that nature, and she and it's funny because when you make connections, you know, I say, well, how much is how much is it? Because you know, I'm in education, and we our budgets, we got you, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they come and there's no there's no issues, and so I'm in contact with a lot of these people, and I and I use them constantly as resources or references and things of that nature. Right, right. So you would say making connections, especially in college, is. Yeah, a it's, useful thing. It's, make connections everywhere you go. Right, right. And always keep in mind that, especially this day and age where everybody has a phone, mm-hmm. keep in mind that someone is always watching you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. So if you are a student uh, listening to this in high school, keep in mind that my first job opportunity came from my middle school teacher who remembered me. The principal was new, but that teacher had been there since I was a student there. Mm-hmm. And she said... I don't. I haven't heard from him in like ten years since he grad. Since he, you know, since he was in eighth grade. But if he's anything like he was in eighth grade, hire Really? And she. And so I'm here, 22, 20, 22, 23, trying to get my first teaching job. And she says, if he's anything like he was when he was thirteen, mm-hmm. which was about ten years ago, right? Hire him. And wow. so. I didn't. When I was thirteen, I wasn't even thinking about education. I told you I wanted to put yeah. the frost on the frosted flakes, man. <laughs> right, I'm gonna be right. an engineer, a big ball. You had your mindset. Like, yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah, I want. But you never know. You never know. We're gonna come in, back in contact with. Um, I told you, Dr. Uh, Tammy Johnson, my first professor um, at Concordia University. I reached out to her and said, "Hey, I'm getting my. I'm finishing up. Just trying to see if there's any opportunities." And I ended up landing. My first uh, administrative job as an instructional coach at her school. Mm. Now, if I would act a fool and act like I didn't want to do the work and then get a, a A in her class and oh. didn't impress her, I couldn't. I, I didn't have that connection, right? So, mm-hmm. and as you go through, there's always you got to make connections everywhere you go. Never miss an opportunity to connect with somebody, mm. right? Um, just like when you hit me up yep. and asked me for a favor. I didn't know much about the podcast, and I never met you, but you got my number from somebody. Mm-hmm. And I could tell on the phone you was a black male, so I'm going to help this brother out. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. But even yeah. if you're white, same thing, I would have helped you out still. But right, right. Especially as a, as, a, as a young black male trying to do something that's positive. Definitely. Why would I say no? Mm-hmm. You already said, I work around your schedule. I come to you, whatever you need. I mean, all I had to do was show up and talk. Yes, I like sir. to talk. Yeah. We good. It's a win win. Right. So it's all and so I and I don't know where you might end up being a national podcast host or something. I mean, I don't know yeah. what your path is. Definitely. But guess what? You might I might see you on TV and say, Hey, I'm running this school and we really need some mics for our radio program. Can you help us out? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for you. For you, Dr. Carter. I'll be Dr. Carter by yeah. then. For you, Dr. Carter. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's not about looking for a handout, it's about 
I'm helping people and them helping you, and then that's how we get better as a society, mm-hmm. by pushing everybody up. We ain't got to leave nobody behind. Right. You ain't got to push nobody down and get pushed up. You push everybody up. Mm-hmm. We all in this together. All in it together. Yes, sir. So along the line, since you've been, you know, in the position you're in now, have you had any regrets? Yeah, I um, I often, not often, I used to feel like I didn't do enough. Like I had a real bad habit of diffusing situations, especially with adults, mm. way too much. Yeah. Especially when I was a teacher, I should have been more out vocal and more outspoken as a teacher. I've learned now as a principal um, to speak up and to tell people exactly how it is. I call it, you know, it's a book called Radical Candor, and it talks about being honest with people and straight with people, right? Mm-hmm. And that that is, and, and but you have to have a relationship in order to do that. So I build relationships. So when your stuff stink, I can look you in your eye and say, this ain't working. Mm-hmm. Fix it, right? And it's not, and you know that it's not for me attacking you and attacking your person, you personally. You know, because I've had a relationship with you, I'm about one thing, and that's about making students sure students are successful. Right. These babies got to graduate, they got to get successful, they got to be productive members of society. And so, and I talk to people, that's all it's about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure kids are successful. And so that's kind of um, what I've learned. But, yeah, I used to be very – I used to not be outspoken enough, very quiet and timid. And as a true educator, you cannot be – you got to – the squeaky wheel gets to oil, mm-hmm. and I make sure I squeak the loudest. Right, right. Okay. Any final remarks that you would like to say to anybody, the audience, you know, people you've mentioned in the podcast, any last words? Yeah, if I mention you in a podcast, um, <laughs> big, shout most, big shout out to all of you yep. guys. Uh, you know, and if I didn't mention you, but if you had an impact on my life, I just want to thank you mm-hmm. uh, from the bottom of my heart, uh, from my fraternity brothers to my mentors to all my teachers, educators, and my family. Um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, to my wife, um, Ashley. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, absolutely love you. Um, she, she is my support system. She is watching our daughter so I can do this podcast right now. And I'm supposed to pick them up today. Uh, (laughs) So uh, she is truly my support system to my three daughters, uh, Simone, Rain, and London. Absolutely love you. Y'all are my motivation while your mother is my support system. So, And uh, and if I didn't mention you, it's not because I forgot about you. It's just it's kind of he put me on the spot with the questions. (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't I didn't have my laundry list, you know. You know, it's like I'm at the Grammys and I didn't think I was going to win. But anyway, no, but and then for anybody who's thinking about being in education or, you know, wondering, well, man, how can I help educators? Um, There's several ways to help. Just go to your local school and just ask, hey, I want to help. Can I talk to the principal? You know, volunteer. We need volunteers for anything. When your student has something, or when your student, when your child has something, just show up. Be a support system for your child. If you support your child, the educators will take care of the rest. Um, don't ignore their phone calls. <laughs> you know, answer the emails. Make sure your make sure your address is up to date so we can make sure we reach you. Make sure your phone number is up to date. I don't mind if you change your number every month. Just let it, just let the school know. Yeah. And let's support our educators with, with, with however we can support. And it's not a monetary thing. I'm not look, we're not looking for monetary donations, but we just need support. Support your if you support your child 
or your or your nieces or your nephews or your little cousins um that is enough for educators that's all the help we need Thank you for tuning in to episode 8 of the Jay's Way Podcast. If you're hearing this, that means that you made it all the way to the end of the episode. And because of that, I just want to let you know that you're a real one. I have a challenge for you, actually. Share this episode with your favorite educator, teacher, mentor, or whoever you look up to. Let them know that Zay put them on your mind. Anyways, hope that this episode helped you to start your week off right. And one last thing, don't forget to be the best you that you can be. That's all from me. This is Zay with the way. See you on the flip side. Keep in mind that someone is always watching you. you. you.